Hello and welcome to In the Cactus. I'm Siobhan Jones and I'll be your host as we power through difficulties together with hope. If you're in the cactus, a troubling situation like bullying, or want to help someone who is, this is the show for you. Today you'll hear from Louise Arsenal, Professor of Developmental Psychology at King's College London. You might recall in an earlier episode mention of a twin study. Louise shares the key findings from her research, and it's fascinating. So we'll jump straight in. Louise, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Louise, can you tell us about what you do and why you do this work? So I am Professor of Developmental Psychology at King's College London. And I work in a department which is called the Social Genetic and Developmental Psychiatry Centre. And what we do over there is um, build research, trying to kind of combine different approaches to understand mental health problems, mental health disorders. And I am, I think, a a product of that centre in the sense that I am not a sociologist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a geneticist. I I really am a scientist and I try to um, use different approaches or disciplines to understand the impact of being bullied in childhood on the development of mental health problems. So, of course, I consider bullying as being a social experience where um, a child or a teenager can experience violence victimization from their peers. And I try to see whether that has an influence on their development. So it's much more kind of the developmental approach. And to do so, I use genetically sensitive design to make sure that what, whatever association I, I find is controlling for genetic confounds. So I consider the genetic kind of background or disciplines as well. And I, to do so, I, I, I look at cohort studies of um, people from the populations. So these are kind of large studies that follow people through their development. Um, so this is kind of using an epidemiology kind of approach as well to understand the effect of um, this social experience across the population, so across different kind of strata of of people in the population. In the previous episode, we heard from Dr. Erin Burke Quinlan, who spoke about a key finding from her 2018 study about changes to the brain in areas associated with things like general anxiety and depression, and that Mm -hmm. the rate of that change increased in kids who had experienced things like chronic peer victimization, but we didn't get quite as far as a causal link. Can you tell us what have been some of the key findings from your twin study and your research? Yes. So I think um, one of the aim of my research is, is really to show that being bullied contributes to the mental health problems of young kids. And I really use the word contribute carefully. Um, ultimately, I would want to use the word cause, you know, as you mentioned in your question. Uh, but I am very careful about using this word just because um, I don't have the study design to be able to show that. Ultimately, what I would want as well would be to have a 
a randomized controlled trial. So this is a study design where you randomly assign people to two different groups. So in this case, a group where people would experience bullying and the other group where people do not experience bullying. Mm. And um, you would expect those two groups, if they're large enough, to be similar on every other variables, you know, or, or concepts or traits, but they would differ on the experience of being bullied. Now, for obvious ethical reasons, you can imagine that we cannot do that. You cannot assign kids to being bullied, for example. So in some ways, I have to kind of use some kind of a, a natural experiment. And we have that in a study of twins I've been involved in for several years. And what we did was to look at monozygotic pairs of twins, where one twin has been bullied and the other one has not been bullied. So we didn't interfere where they're, with their experiences. It just happened, you know, that as we collected the data, we realized, oh, we have those pairs of twins um, that are discordant on the experience of being bullied. And what we did was to look at their rates of emotional problems, so symptoms of anxiety and depression, um, and what we found was that the co-twin who had more, uh, who experienced bullying victimization in childhood had a higher levels of emotional problems. So you may say to me, well, these differences can be accounted for by lots of other variables. And of course it could, but by design, those two groups are very similar on um, their shared experience of growing up in the same family, but they are also identical on their genes so they have they are identical genetically identical individuals so genes and the family environment cannot explain those differences but we know that one twin experience bullying while the other one not so somehow these this control study design is a very strong design to approach causality it doesn't show causality but but i think that um they really show that being bullied contributes along with lots of other factors but being bullied per se really contributes to the development of mental health problems in young kids and since we published it, this study kind of more than 10 years ago two other studies used the same study design with different cohorts and they replicated those findings mm. so so i think that the field of of research um trying to show that bullying can be harmful for young kids, I think has made quite, you know, um, considerable progress in really considering being bullied as, you know, a, a harmful experience for young kids. Is there a risk factor involved in being bullied or being a bully that you found in any of your research? Well, I think that um, the common assumption is that quite often being bullied is being at the wrong place at the wrong time, isn't it? So um, I, I think that quite often when parents or teachers want to be reassuring to kids who've been bullied, they would say, it's not your fault, you know, it's nothing to do with you. And while I think that this is a reassuring kind of attitude to have, from a prevention point of view, I think that we have to be careful because while I think that, yes, there is an element of randomness in being bullied, our research tends to show that um, we can find factors um, that makes young children more likely to be bullied. And I will kind of describe maybe three types of research. So the first one is that if you look at uh, kids' environments and, and traits, um, you can identify risk factors that are associated with 
a increased likelihood of being bullied. So for example, being young, so the young kids are more likely to get bullied as opposed to older kids. Um, being a boy is a risk factor as well. Growing up in um, deprived environment or coming from a family from low socioeconomic status increases the risk of being bullied. And maybe this has to do with the environment in which you know, the kids um, develop. And one of the factors that we've investigated as well was being maltreated at home. And to me, this is one of the, the uh, one of the most distressing finding I, I ever came across, you know, in my career um, of doing research. So, we found that kids who are maltreated at home are more likely to get bullied at school. So, it's wow. it is as if you know some kids just have a whole life of being abused. If it's not at school, then it's at home. Um, so, all these factors contribute to the risk of being bullied in in childhood. But there's also other factors that we've considered. So as I said, um, I'm not a geneticist, but I think it is important to consider genetic influences when I look at social experiences. And what we found was that um, the variation in this risk of being bullied is also highly influenced by genetic factors. And we were quite surprised when we found um, these results and we were trying to explain that. And we're being very careful about that. So though that study doesn't show that there is a gene for being bullied. So anyone who does research on, on genetic influences really know about that. You know, it's absolutely not the case that there's a gene for, for being bullied. But what it shows is that there are some heritable traits that predispose some kids for being bullied. And one of those, you know, factor or one of those traits could be mental health problems. So Young kids who already have mental health problems, which we know are influenced by genes, are probably more likely to, um, to get bullied as well. Does it work the other way? Yes, of course. So I think that lots of my research using longitudinal data, longitudinal cohort, um, is to be able to show temporal priority. So what does come, you know, what comes first? Is it the fact that being bullied leads to mental health problems, or is it the case that kids with mental health problems end up being bullied? And that second assumption, if that was true, it would suggest that, well, we don't need to intervene, you know, on stopping bullying because bullying doesn't influence mental health problems. It's just that young kids with mental health problems end up being bullied. And then there is a persistence of their mental health problems throughout their life. Um, and our research really shows that over and above the prior mental health problems, kids who get bullied show an increase in their mental health problems. So, um, so yes, those two relationships kind of, you know, you do have bi-directional association. So it goes both ways. So mental health problems leads to being bullied, but also being bullied leads to new mental health uh, problems or increased mental health problems. And that indicates that we need to intervene and we need to do something to stop bullying behaviors because they do contribute to the development of mental health problems. In your research, you mentioned You've mentioned internalizing problems. What are some examples of internalizing problems? 
Yeah, so internalizing problems, I think, is a little bit like emotional problems. And I think it's just a semantic difference. Um, I think people in the US will use internalizing problems and externalizing problems, while people in the UK will use emotional problems uh, and behavioral problems. So in this case, internalizing problems would refer to basically symptoms of um, anxiety, depression, withdrawals, um, and sometimes somatic symptoms as well. So it, it's really kind of kids who, who internalized, you know, their reaction to a stressful situation. When we spoke to Dr. Quinlan, we spoke uh -huh. about peer victimization and changes to the brain. Yeah. So is everybody affected in the same way by the experience mm. of being bullied in the long term or just some people? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. So while I think that um, the research that we've conducted overall, you know, no matter how I look at it. And when you, when you think of it, I think that from a research point of view, um, what I've been trying to do is to, um, my research is not about showing that there's an effect or that bullying can be harmful. My, my research aims to show that there's no effect. You know, I want to kind of show to people, no, there's nothing, you know, being bullied is kind of fine. But actually my finding constantly show the opposite so there's always you know no matter how much or how i look at it you know the findings constantly show that you have this association with mental health problems in young kids with mental health problems in adulthood with socioeconomic outcome with poor relationship you know in adulthood with biology um you know with the stress response um so i think that there's a a really kind of large body of evidence showing that there is an association between being bullied and having kind of problems later in life, whether it's in childhood and it's later in life, it's throughout the lifespan actually. But I think it's really important to put that into perspective that not all the kids who get bullied will end up having mental health problems. So we're always talking about risks, don't we? And when we talk about a risk is that if I am being bullied, you know, quite often, you know, I think overall, people would say, well, you're twice more likely to develop mental health problems. But this is not a, a certainty somehow. So there could be factors in my life, which would make it easier for me to cope with that experience. And maybe I wouldn't end up having problems. So Absolutely. And I think that you need to consider as well the severity or the frequency of, of being bullied. So Erin's research, for example, she looked at chronic, you know, bullying, mm -hmm. victimization. So, of course, kids who experience repeatedly, you know, this, this abuse um, and, and victimization, they're more likely to experience mental health problems. And those kids who experience um, one-off incident may be less likely. And it's not to say that one-off incidents are not harmful. It's not the case. They could be really harmful and leave kind of traces. Um, but the risk is higher for those who experience chronic or more severe forms of bullying. So I think that we have to be careful about saying all the kids who experience bullying will end up having mental health problems. It's not the case. But they have a, an increased risk of having mental health problems. Is there any information about whether the environment actually changes somebody's genes or the genetic information that somebody has? So this is a, a different field of research. Mm -hmm. um, 
where we look at, and I'm not an expert on this, but we do have some, and some people do kind of, you know, kind of really good research on that topic. Um, but one of the hypotheses is that some social experiences could change how genes are expressed or how genes kind of function. So we, we often think about genes kind of influencing behavior and personality traits and mental health problems, but actually it could go the other way around. So some people are really thinking about or testing um, whether some experiences that you have or just the process of aging you know kind of the development um, may have an impact on how the genes are are expressed mm -hmm. um, and i think at the moment um the juries are still out somehow you know so they they're constantly kind of new methods um people are recruiting larger samples um to be able to to look at these effects um we did have a study which we published on being bullied having an effect on the genes and that was kind of many years ago and looking at one gene um and you know we did show an effect that you know being bullied did change the um, methylation so the expression of the genes and i think that i would be careful now because mm -hmm. um, the methods have changed you know we used a small we've looked at this very kind of narrow uh, pieces of the genetic you know kind of information um, and our sample was very small but still we kind of looked at monozygotic twins which is a powerful one but I would want to put this finding in perspective mm -hmm. that, that now, you know, uh, people are looking at much larger um, sample, looking at um, the genome completely. So while I think that there could be suggestions that being bullied could affect genetic information, I, th I think that we have to be careful. And if there was one thing that you wanted people to know from your research, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> That's good. Just one. Um, well, you can pick a couple, of course. Okay. <laughs> I think that, um, okay. So one thing altogether, I've been doing research on being bullied in childhood, you know, for over 15 years now. If there is one thing that I, I would want people to know is that the effect of being bullied is pervasive and um, persistent. So it doesn't affect just emotional problems for example it affects people's mental health um, uh, in different aspects so we showed an association with psychotic symptoms for example with self-harm with emotional problems so it's it affects many kind of um, risk for developing mental health problems but it affects also not just mental health problems but also physical health socioeconomic outcomes job prospect um, all of this and we found these findings when we've looked at the long-term impact of being bullied in childhood so using a different cohort so not twins this time but um, a cohort of people who've been studied up to the age of 60 we found that those participants who were bullied in childhood still showed um, increased risk uh, for mental health problems at age 50 so middle age but also risks for not earning as much money, um, risks for not being employed, risk for not being in a relationship. So it is really a pervasive and long-term impact. And in light of these findings, 
one conclusion that I, I think that is important to know is that maybe stopping bullying behavior in itself is not enough. So of course, schools have to do everything they can to provide all children a safe environment where they're not victims of abuse and violence. So we should really, really support any kind of anti-bullying initiatives in the schools. Um, but I think the findings that we have really indicates as well that maybe we should put more emphasis or provide more support for the young victims, because if we don't attend to them, then their problems may be lasting for a lifetime, even if we stop the bullying behaviors. So, and there are two ways to kind of do that. I think that either we can build resilience in young kids, uh, provide them with the tools to be able to cope with their experience. And I think that this is really difficult. And I think that this is probably controversial. Um, but another way as well would be to prevent young kids from being bullied in the first place. And we can do that um, once again by either kind of providing tools into all kids, you know, in all the schools in uh, making sure that um, they do establish kind of positive relationship, that they can be good friends and they, they make friends and they maintain friendships because we know that having friends is a protective factor for being bullied in, in, in childhood. And again, I think that this idea of prevention or resilience, I think is a bit controversial and I can absolutely appreciate that point that some parents, for example, would say, my kid is a victim, you know, why would you focus? Why would you kind of, you know, kind of try to intervene on, on, on my kid? It's the other kids who are, you know, the problems. And I can absolutely appreciate that point. But I like to make a parallel with crimes in general. So for example, we do kind of address criminal behaviors, don't we? From a, from a legal point of view, we would arrest, you know, people who would commit crimes like roguery or theft, for example. But in parallel, we also say to the population, well, you don't want to be a victim of those crimes, do, don't you? So, so please don't put your belongings, you know, in view of everyone, or please right. lock your doors. Or, or please, you know, at night, walk with someone so that you're not a, an easy victim. And I think it's just doing something similar for bullying, kind of saying to young kids, everyone, and maybe having more targeted approach to young kids who we know have an increased risk of being bullied. But it's to say to young kids, you know, well, make friends and here are the tools to make friends. You know, and here are the tools, you know, to be able to cope when you're going through stressful situations to make sure that they don't develop, you know, or they, they don't kind of become kind of victims of, of bullying. So it's really not to say to those young kids that they are responsible or they are to blame for that. Absolutely not. And they should not be changed either. It's really kind of having a more global approach to kind of say to them, okay, let's make sure that you are not an easy target for bullying. It's a different approach to what we think usually about being bullied, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I like the analogy that you've used about, you know, policing and burglary. That's, yes. that's fascinating. Is there a message of hope that you would like to share with listeners? Yes, of course. 
I think that my presentations always kind of focus on the risks associated with being bullied for developing mental health problems. And um, I always like to end my presentations with one study that I conducted with my former PhD students, Lucy Bose, who's now working at Oxford. So we've published a paper on, on this factor of, of resilience. And what we showed there was that not all the kids who get bullied end up having mental health problems. And we studied those kids and we kind of said to ourselves, well, maybe there is something, you know, that those kids have that could teach us something about overcoming this experience of being bullied. And because we know that bullying happens most often in schools, not all the time, but most often it does happen in school, we kind of said, well, let's look into their family environment. Maybe there is something in their environment in the family that explains why they are being bullied severely and to the same extent as other people, but they don't have mental health problems. And what we found was that kids who have good relationships with their parents, kids who have good relationship with their siblings, and those kids who have kind of a structured and relaxing atmosphere at home, when they're bullied, well, they seem to not have the same kind of extent of having mental health problems in the end. And of course, we control for genetic confounds, once again, to make sure it was not kind of, you know, good moms who were passing on kind of good genes to their kids so they're stronger. But it's really the sheer fact of having good relationships, you know, in the family environment, which seems to help kids overcome the situation. So I think an another idea for intervention is that while we think about anti-bullying interventions in the schools, I think that we need to consider that family have a really important role to play and they should not be excluded for any, from any interventions, you know, trying to, tackling, to tackle kind of um, the outcomes of being bullied in childhood. Parents, siblings have a great, great role to play and we should really kind of include them and get them involved, you know, in any interventions, because while parents cannot necessarily control bullying behavior that takes place in schools, they have, a, you know, an important role to play in making sure that their kids do not develop mental health problems. So I think that this is an element of hope, I think. It's not that if you're being bullied that you will have mental health problems. No, you can do something about that. You know, you can maybe not have control over the behaviors of other people, but you can do a lot for preventing mental health problems. Louise, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And that was Louise Arsenault, Professor of Developmental Psychology at King's College London. The key resources we've mentioned are in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review and tell a friend. You can join the conversation on Twitter at InTheCactus and on Facebook. Just search InTheCactus. That's it for now. Go with hope.